What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the TFTB Fantasy Football Podcast, part of our overarching boondock bangerang environment, I guess you could say. Um, we've been doing pretty well in this episode or this podcast. I, you know, it was something that uh, I started probably just the night before the season. I mean, I, I do a lot of personal fantasy advice for anybody that doesn't know. Um, people would reach out, start sits, who to draft, blah, blah, blah. And I don't ask anything in return. It's just fun. Fantasy's fun. Fantasy should be fun. But uh, this is your host, Deke, from Thoughts from the Bench, bringing you back another episode of the pod. Um, good week one. I mean, a really good week one. We covered it a bit on Monday's episode. Uh, Josh and I do, just so everyone, you know, if this is your first time listening, I drop an episode Monday morning, drop an episode Thursday morning, and then we do a fantasy football show on Twitch every Sunday morning. Uh, I have the 11 to 12 slot, and from 10 to 11 is uh, three guys from our Thoughts from the Bench League. They do uh, a morning show about how the league did that week. It's amazing, and it's just funny because it's one of those things that I forced. Um, we got 12 guys in that league, and it's a really fun league, really competitive. Uh, I smashed Benny Buckets week one. Uh, week two, I think I want to say... For some reason, I can't remember who I play, and that's that's probably pretty devastating for a guy that making everyone. Oh, I play Boyd, the super genius. Love it. Uh, Boyd has a really good team, so I'm actually a little bit nervous. I'm, I know I'm going to be a dog coming into this weekend. Um, he's got Brady, Saquon, Carson had a big week, but his players after Travis Kelsey, pretty down, pretty down after that. But he's got a strong front, so you can't hate on it. Would I ever say that to his face? No. Dude's a bum. He's a big, big bum, and he lost week one. Um, projected to win by three, but we'll see getting into it. But I hope you guys listened to the show. I hope you guys checked out the episode, and I hope you guys won your week one matchup. I went five and six, but no one cares about your fantasy team. And what I mean by that is no, you guys don't want to hear about my team. You want me to talk about your team. I want to go through, just in case they're still there on your waiver wire, some guys that I really... Uh, Really want to highlight that if they're still out there, roster them. Um, I dropped my waiver wire watch week two blog earlier this week. Um, I, I did drop it on Tuesday. I try to drop it on Tuesday just because um, there's no reason to talk about it on Monday. Like you can put your waiver claims in. Yeah, I understand that. But if a guy plays, you can't prepare to put your waiver claim in. So I just say do it Tuesday. I mean, I have one league that their waiver claims uh, went this morning, which I hate. I just wish they would all go Wednesday. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, because I actually had a few people ask me what the waiver was. Uh, and it's because my big endeavor is to to get people that have never played fantasy to do fantasy. Fantasy is so much fun. I've started leagues before in relationships I've been in with their family. I've started leagues with friends and significant others. I've started leagues with friends that have just never played. Because it, it makes Sunday that much more fun, and I can drag them out to go drinking with me, which is like... 
the reason you play fantasy football is to watch football, to make it more exciting and to tell your friends you know more than them. Um, so this blog dropped on Tuesday. Some of the biggest names that if you watch football and if you enjoy football, you should already know these guys, particularly because they all had really good week ones. Um, the first guy I want to bring up, and I didn't add guys that have um, a percentage of you know, higher than around 50 in ownership. And, j- and just to get back to my original point, the waiver wire is um, it's the order at which you get to pick up free agents. That's as simply as I can put. Some leagues do FAB, free agent auction budget, which is you start with $100, $200, whatever it is, and you basically put up a certain amount of money so that the waiver is the breaking point of that. But if I put up $50 to try to claim Cam Newton because he had a big week one and you put up $51, you would have spent $51. I would have spent nothing um, out of your budget. Very tricky. I spent, I think, 45 on Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts in a league, but that is a league that I need. Like My team's pretty much ready, and I already have Jonathan Taylor. So I was like, boom, why don't I spend, you know, a little under half, which, you know, fun fact, it's 45% because we do 100. Why don't we do a little under half for a guy that I know is going to get reps? And no matter what, I have the lead starting running back for the Colts. But getting into the waiver wire claim. So I didn't add Cam Newton because he's available in literally, what is it, 15% of leagues. I mean, the dude is, um, the dude is owned in 85% of leagues. There's no reason for me to tell you to go get him because one, he had a great week, and two, he might not be there. So let's go through some names that I said to add that if they're still there, which maybe I'll do something different, like a waiver wire episode, but this is, we're already doing three. We'll see. Number one is Malcolm Brown of the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams traded Todd Gurley in this offseason to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they were pretty adamant they were going to do running back by committee. Everyone screamed to the heavens it was going to be Cam Akers, the rookie running back out of Florida State, who Greg, you know, if you watch two beers deep, you know, Greg says is the best blocking back. Blocking back's how you stay on the field in football for three downs. There's a lot of little intricacies like that that me as a guy that never played football, that just watches football, you know, you don't think about that until you know it. To, to be on the field all the time is a better way for you to um, to actually get into, you know, fantasy-relevant points. So Malcolm Brown of the LA Rounds running back by committee. I still think Cam Akers is the most talented back there. I mean, Daryl Henderson out of Memphis is there, but for me, it's, it's Akers and then Brown and then Henderson just based on workload. But for right now, they are giving Malcolm Brown the rock. I mean, he, I don't know if he's going to repeat 26 points week in and week out, but it was really impressive, and they fed him, and he did well. So if Malcolm Brown is there, I wouldn't kill your free agency budget on it. Obviously, that's a little past now, but I would pick him up. Name number two that I really, really was surprised I liked. He's only rostered in 3.9% of leagues. That is Corey Davis, the former fourth overall pick for the Tennessee Titans, who last year was surpassed by A.J. Brown. Look, Corey Davis has immense talent. That's, that's you know, that's undebatable. Corey Davis is a great wide receiver that just didn't seem to click in the NFL. Until now? Question mark? Exclamation mark? Question mark? Question mark? I'd say until now. Ryan Tannehill, if extremely efficient. I believe that last year he ranked number one. I think it was QBR or QB quarterback efficiency. Something that says, you know, when he throws the ball, it's caught. 
Um, now, obviously, they give the ball to Derrick Henry almost every play, but I do believe Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are both viable options in fantasy moving forward. A.J. Brown proved last year that he is going to be a problem for this league. Didn't have a great week one, probably, you know, uh, he was a little hurt. He was on the injury report before it, even though he wasn't technically on injury report when the game started. But Corey Davis had a big game. For me, I would definitely add Corey Davis to the end of your bench. Wouldn't start him, but I would see how he does in week two and see if the game plan is somewhat the same. Third guy that I already mentioned that is rostered in 34.2% of leagues is Naeem Hines of the Indianapolis Colts. I had said on Sunday that Naheem Himes is still the third down back for the Indianapolis Colts. Being the third down back for the Colts means that Phillip Rivers is going to find your hands. What does that mean? Points for reception, guys. So it started the game. Marlon Mack is the lead back. Jonathan Taylor is the two. Naheem Himes as the third. And they were giving Himes the ball even with Marlon Mack healthy. Now, Marlon Mack comes out of that game with a torn Achilles, which means he's done for the season, which, you know, to break that down for everybody that, because I had someone say, oh, you feel sorry for him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel sorry for a guy that probably made a million dollars, but here's the reason why. Marlon Mack is not a highly touted running back. People like him for the system and the workload he can do in there, but out of um, South Florida, he's about to be on his fifth year which means a new contract, and he's coming off a year where he's injured, so sadly, it's probably going to be his last game as a Colt. What that does mean, though, is Jonathan Taylor gets the rock, Naeem Hines gets the catches. Catches in a PPR-friendly offense with Phillip Rivers, who thrived last year with Austin Eckler. I believe Hines has a lot of fantasy value moving forward. In a league with a short bench that's for money, I have both Taylor and Hines on my roster. One's going to get the tutties, one's going to get the touches. Just easy for me. So if Hines is still there, which I highly doubt he is now, snag him. Next is a guy that I'm not really sold on yet, and I kind of don't love that he's been the focal point of a few trades in a couple of my leagues, and that's Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons, who is rostered in 3.8% of leagues. The reason I don't love Russell Gage is because he's clearly the wide receiver three on an offense led by Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I think Matty Ice still has some stuff in him, and Todd Gurley is a fantastic running back. Hayden Hurst proved to not really be effective in week one, but I I didn't really like him going into the season anyways, so I wasn't surprised by that. Gage had a terrific plus 20 fantasy point week in week one. Honestly, the upside lies in the fact that he got 12 targets. You're going to get beat by the Atlanta Falcons in the air. It just depends if their defense can hold you to more or less than 30 points. But Russell Gage is a serious, serious contender here for a sleeper grab that is probably still available in your league. Think about that. 12 targets on a team with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. That's significant. That's dangerously close to uh, security blanket territory. And you have to assume that your number one corner goes on Julio Jones or your double team. Well, then your number two goes on Ridley. That means you're down to your number three or a linebacker or safety or something in your system on Russell Gage, who is getting, again, 12 targets. That may be an anomaly. Maybe it's just one week. But I like the kid. Stash him. Next thing I want to get to, who, again, he's only available, or he's only rostered, excuse me, 
rostered in 29.8% of leagues on ESPN. Now, barring guys, this was all on Monday. All of this research, all of this stuff was on Monday and Tuesday. So I'm sure those numbers fluctuated a little bit, but I want to go over it in case they are still available in your league. But that is Paris Campbell with the Colts. Yeah, two Colts, two Colts made the list this week. T.Y. Hilton is still the receiver you want in Indianapolis. T.Y. Hilton's the better receiver. Paris Campbell had injuries last year, but Paris Campbell walked out with nine targets. I love Phillip Rivers in Indy. It's the best line he's played with. He now has a dual-threat running game that he doesn't have to worry about getting Mac the ball. I still think T.Y. Hilton is the guy. Jack Doyle's probably still going to do okay. But as I said with Russell Gage, nine targets is nothing to sniff at, guys. I mean, it's really promising. Campbell, out of Ohio State, is a speedster. Uh, I kind of knocked them when they took Paris Campbell for the simple fact that he reminds me of T.Y. Hilton. Which, you know, fast, gets hurt, short, boom, T.Y. Hilton. But for me, in all seriousness, Paris Campbell showed me that they can have two wide receivers in Indianapolis that are both talented. I don't exactly think he's a start every single week, but I do think with Marlon Mack being out, Naeem Hines being the catching back, you can see them looking to throw a lot more just because it's, it's an unproven backfield. As good and as talented and as promising as their running backs are, it is an unproven backfield. I only got three more names for you guys, and then we'll get into tonight's matchup. I won't kill you uh, with data and stats, but these are things that I think you need to pay attention to. The next guy is a guy that he went to UCLA. He called the school every day until they gave him a tryout. This dude is a dog. This dude is a scrapper. Joshua Kelly for the LA Chargers, rostered in only 11.3% of leagues at the start of the week. Now, if you listen to Two Beers Deep, which I'm going to say a lot because guess what? Greg and I know what we're talking about. Shocker. He's the vulture. He's the only back for the Chargers that can, you know, be used on goal lines. Austin Eckler ain't goal line. Justin Jackson ain't goal line. Joshua Kelly, goal line. He had 12 rushes last week, which Austin Eckler, I do believe, will have a lot more value than he showed in that game. I, I think that it's just, you know, getting used to Tyrod and a new system for the guy. and Well, n- not necessarily new, but you know what I'm talking about. The thing that I, I think is the most important about Kelly, he brings something to the table that Eckler and Jackson don't, which is literally a hard runner. He's going to vulture touchdowns. They're going to get down to the one-yard line, pull him in, he's going to score. He had 12 carries last week all of which came in the final 24 minutes of the game. Play the hot hand. It seems to be the best way to go. Next to the last guy. Where's all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans stand up after a terrific Monday night? Screw the Giants. Screw Eric Buena. Benny Snell football. Benny Snell football was only rostered in 14.6% of leagues at the start of the week. I guarantee he is gone because James Conner is already nursing an ankle injury. Sigh. Benny Snell had an intense workload at Kentucky. And and I think everybody that was like, why don't we start Benny Snell now at the start of the season and things like that, they need to understand. Pittsburgh Steelers always use one back. James Conner was still the dog. James actually didn't look terrible until he got hurt. Benny Snell had a crazy workload in college. Durability for running backs is not great. There's something to be said about the Steelers just easing him into the starting lineup. But that being said... Benny Snow ran for over 100 yards. That's awesome. Give the kid the rock. He's going to score. 
I like him a lot on that offense. I think Benny Snell is the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward, no matter James Conner's health. And the last guy on this list is somebody that I loved coming out of school. I thought he had a chance to win the Dolphins starting job instantly, but the Dolphins are the Dolphins. It's Miles Gaskin, who was only rostered, get this, 0.1% of leagues. Miles Gaskin was only rostered on Tuesday in 0.1%. I don't think Miles Gaskin is going to be a guy that you instantly start and get crazy over, but I hate Jordan Howard. I didn't like Jordan Howard at Chicago. I don't like running backs that can't catch the ball. That's just me. They added Matt Breda. I do believe Matt Breda gets a lot more work in the Miami Dolphins offense. I think Breda is a very talented running back. All that being said, though, Miles Gaskin led the Miami backfield in carries. He led the Miami backfield in targets. And he led the Miami backfield in yards. I don't love Miami's offense. I'll I'll keep saying that for fantasy. But guess what, guys? Someone's got to score touchdowns, right? Someone has to run the ball. Someone's got to do something. And for me, it's pretty clearly Miles Gaskin moving forward. We'll see. I'm not going to, you know, completely throw by the wayside. Hashtag by the wayside coffee. I'm not going to throw the other running backs by the wayside. But when it's all said and done, wouldn't you want to try out a young running back in Miles Gaskin to pair with Tua Tagovailoa? Maybe not. Maybe you're stupid. Let's get into tonight's game. Tonight, we got the Battle of Ohio. Is there a pun there? I wonder if they have, like, a, a, a pun. Is there, like, a road that connects them? The fight for 88 or something? Isn't there a road? The Cleveland Browns face off against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, just for week one, the Browns look like shit terrible and if you think that I'm just being a homer for the Pittsburgh Steelers if you think that I'm just shitting on Cleveland like I traditionally do you would absolutely be correct but you'd also be wrong because the Browns just look terrible yes they did play a team that I believe is going to be a hundred percent near the Super Bowl like I, I, I would be extremely surprised if the Ravens weren't you know, back to an AFC championship game. Um, they're a very high caliber team, and I get that. But you can't, you cannot only put up six points. Like, you you have, let's go through this list of fantasy relevant players on the Browns roster. Okay? Baker Mayfield, who, you know, say what you want. Baker Mayfield is a number one overall pick. He should be playing well. Nick Chubb, one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. Kareem Hunt, Bastard that keeps stealing points from me. Odell Beckham Jr., arguably a top five talent when healthy and productive. Jarvis Landry, some of the best hands in the NFL. Austin Hooper, last year's tight end one, arguably. I mean, he's never going to touch Kittle and Kelsey, but when, when you get away from the Thor gods that are them, he's pretty decent. Harrison Bryant, my favorite tight end out of this draft class. David Njoku, who caught massive touchdowns, who is on IR now. And the defense. A defense that has Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, Ronnie Harrison Jr., Carl Joseph, Curtis Weaver, Adrian Claiborne, Olivier Vernon, Sheldon Richardson, Miles Garrett, Mac Wilson. <sighs> and they shit the bed. Now, I get it. You know, oh, the Steelers played the John. Look, I know you played the Ravens, Cleveland. But wow. You, you just got to be better, man. Like, come on. You're better than that. 
Tonight, though, they go up against the Cincinnati Bengals, who have a pretty porous team. I mean, just to go through their roster right now, guys that are relevant, um, Joe Burrows is the real deal. Joe Burrows is the realest of deals. Joe Burrow might be the number one quarterback I would take if I was restarting the franchise today outside of, obviously, Mahomes and Lamar. Um, those two are pretty set in stone. But when you come down with age and the ability to look comfortable in all of that, Joe Burrow was great. Joe Mixon, he'll get his. Joe Mixon, just he's always going to get his. He's a good runner. He knows how to catch the ball. Um, but how good does it see, or how good does it feel to see A.J. Green back in relevant football? Ah! A.J. Green should have had a really good day, but he pushed off and uh, sadly didn't get the tutty. Tyler Boyd. Almost irrelevant, but I think that he'll be easily back into the mix. How cool would it be to see John Ross the third be relevant again? Because who knows when that'll happen. And their tight end situation with CJ Zoma, that's eh, okay. Nothing to get excited about. Their defense is pretty bad. Let's just call it like it is. Geno Atkins out. Sam Hubbard, I do like. Akeem Davis Geither, I was hoping would be a stealer. Von Bell, good. William Jackson third. For me, the Browns have to win tonight. It's not even close. Now, the Bengals should be. They should have beat the Chargers. They should be 1-0. Joe Burrow should still be undefeated. If it wasn't for their stupid kicker, Randy Bullock, I would have cut the shit out of him. But you're here for fantasy. For me, man, you got to start Nick Chubb. you got to start Kareem Hunt. I don't even know how that backfield is going to work out. But you drafted Nick Chubb where you drafted him, and it's almost a crime if you don't play Nick Chubb. Now, I understand... If you have other options, do it. Feel free to do it, man. I'm never a person that's going to sit here and say, oh, well, you have to because of where you drafted it. Like, you do, but you don't. If you don't want to play Nick Chubb because you think Kareem Hunt's going to be the guy and you have two running backs, I don't know, let's say Jonathan Taylor and your other running backs, Austin Eckler, and then you have someone smaller like a Malcolm Brown. Eh, take your flyer, man. Me, I'm starting Nick Chubb. Odell, yeah, man, he's a start. You can't force the bottle Odell, but I guarantee that they're mad. Jarvis Landry looks like he could be out with a hip tonight. Odell's an instant start for me. As far as the tight ends, dude, I, uh, man, 